Welcome everyone to the Happy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Jack, lifestyle entrepreneur, professional model slash actor, biohacker, and eco-warrior striving to make a positive impact on this planet. My goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain you while reminding you to enjoy the journey, not just the destination, as you happy hustle for a life of passion and purpose. I am so grateful and humbled to be spending some time together today. Now let's dive in. What is up, you happy hustlers out there? Kerry Jack here, and I hope you're having an amazing day. I mean it. Just enjoying this very moment right here and right now, baby. And in this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast, we have um, Mr. Wade Skalski, who is a badass lawyer who graduated from the prestigious George Washington University Law School. And he has actually been practicing law for over 20 years. He is the author of The Understory Lawyer. He is also the host of the podcast, The Understory Lawyer. And he reaches his audience with tons of amazing content on how to set up and protect your business properly from the beginning. And he's been helping me personally really trademark and protect the Happy Hustle business and brand, as well as my book and my ISBN numbers and my copyrights. And I really wanted to bring him on the mic to share his value because he looks at it differently than a lot of other lawyers. He's very relational and not transactional. And I like that about him. And I knew he was going to just deliver a lot of value. And this is a topic that oftentimes gets misconstrued with you know early business owners and entrepreneurs is how to best protect yourself. Do I do an LLC or a corporation or sole proprietorship or do I need a trademark or do I, you know, just, you know, can I protect it with the copyright? And he clears up a lot of that in this episode. So I know you're going to get some value when you do check out Wade at the understory lawyer um, on his podcast. And then you could also, he, if he really want to take this step further, you can email him directly. He was gracious enough to help the happy hustlers out. You can hit him up at wade at understorylawyer.com. But you're going to get a lot of value from this one. And when you do, share it with a business owner or an entrepreneur who could also benefit from this info. That's how we spread this message with the world. Now, without further ado, y'all, let's dive in to this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. And real quick, guys, I just want to thank this episode's sponsor, Bioptimizers, who is making some of the best magnesium on the market, if not the best, because what they do differently is integrate all seven forms of crucial magnesium in the proper ratios in their magnesium breakthrough supplement. And I've honestly seen my sleep just substantially increase and also get deep REM sleep much more so than when I wasn't taking magnesium breakthrough. And the best part about magnesium breakthrough is if you try it and you don't like it for whatever reason, by optimizers gives you a year to basically get your money back. You guys get the hookup at mag breakthrough.com backslash happy. That's M-A-G breakthrough.com backslash happy. And you could save up to 33% on multiple bottles. Check it out, y'all. I know you're going to dig it. Now let's get into this episode. All right. Wade Skalski, welcome to the Happy Hustle podcast, my brother. I am super stoked to connect. 
Dude, I'm so happy to be here, and uh, thank you for having me on. I'm honored, honored to participate in the Happy Hustle, my friend. You well, you are a happy hustler, and you're also a amazing lawyer who graduated from George Washington University Law School. <clears throat> you are basically an entrepreneur trapped in a lawyer's body, as you like to phrase it. You're the author of the Understory Lawyer book and the host of the Understory Lawyer podcast. But wait, what's something interesting about yourself that not too many people know? So I was sitting in a bar uh, in 2000, around 2000. I don't remember the exact year. It was in Scottsdale, Arizona. I was a little hazy back then. And I saw this thing <laughs> on TV uh, called skeleton racing at the Winter Olympics. And uh, if you don't know what skeleton racing is, it's luge face first. And I had a gin and tonic or two in there. I had gin fizz. And I said, you know what? I think it's a good idea to try that. So fast forward. And about eight months later, I was trying out for the, uh, the Olympic developmental uh, skeleton team in Lake Placid. So that's, uh, I, I have gone 70 miles an hour face first on a, on a skeleton. So that's, that's something that most people don't know about. That is hilarious and awesome. I mean, 70, those things scare me. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's pretty exhilarating though, to just rip down face first going 70, right? <laughs> you know, they start you out kind of at the halfway point, And then on the third day, they send you down from the top. And uh, if they were to start you right at the top, you would not go again. So it was, it actually was hard to go down. It was difficult to go down from the top the third day. It was, it was not easy, but yeah, I loved it. It was a great experience and uh, I got to kind of have a, like a little fantasy camp at uh, the Olympic village. So that was cool. That's super cool. Wait, let's dive in, man. I want to first and foremost, kind of give the happy hustle out there listening a little bit of backstory. You know, Wade has helped me tremendously with my business and protecting it and also really making sure that the Happy Hustle logo and trademark and the book and the copyright and the ISBN are done properly. And I know you do this for a ton of entrepreneurs out there. And it's something that I think small business owners and entrepreneurs overlook is the, the legal protection component of business. Can you just start things off with a bang and just give us your hit list of, of what an entrepreneur needs to be cognizant of when starting a business in order to best protect themselves? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest thing to start with as most people look at something like, let's say a trademark as a tactic, it's on the to-do list. They're like, okay, I'm going to get my business license. I'm going to, you know, how am I going to advertise? What's my message? And the trademark kind of goes on there somewhere as like a, on the to-do list to kind of check off when they get to it. Mm -hmm. And I try to have entrepreneurs think of it more as, as a strategy, right? Like the, the trademark is your brand and it, 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 you get that done as fast as you can because it actually becomes an asset in your business. It's something mm -hmm. that you, from the moment you start your business, from the moment you do your messaging, it becomes an asset that you can license, that you can sell, and, and most importantly, you can protect what you're working so hard on. Mm -hmm. So all those types of things, intellectual property should be looked at as a strategy. So in uh, you know your trademark, your copyright, if you're going to do um, you know any kind of books, and thinking about doing a books as a series versus doing individual can give you different protections. So uh, you know just basically is the the number one thing is sit down and think about what, you know, what is the umbrella brand that I want to build? And then how can I build it in a way that everything falls underneath there? So everything has a level of protection and everything's always feeding back to build it as an asset. So you're always growing the value of your company. And that's what I would say where people would start is because I'm not a typical lawyer in that way. Most lawyers are just transactional, right? I come from the, the entrepreneur strategy side. Yeah. No. And that's one of the things I loved about working with you and, and still love about working with you is you really, you look at it from the entrepreneur's mindset and, and it's very much 
relational, where you're building it, you're part of the decision-making process, what is best, not just, hey, file these papers, you know? <laughs> right, right. Um, it, it, I think that's a great distinction. Um, talk us through a little bit about your process when you do sit down with an entrepreneur and, and what kind of that looks like. What, what are some of those exploratory questions that you would ask them in, in order to best advise them? Sure. Well, the biggest thing that I try to do is what what is your main mission, right? So for me, my main mission in life is I help move entrepreneurs towards their creative power. Well, people are like, wait, well, you're a lawyer. I was like, yes, I'm a lawyer, but you know, how can we create your brand so that you can't be commoditized? That's there's so much, you know, in terms of on the entrepreneurial space, there's so many people out there in the information product space. There's so many people out there selling the same widget. And the thing is, is that if you are selling it as a if you're just selling something, you just want to make a transaction then you're not going to build the relationship you need with your clients and then or customers. And then also, too, is you're going to be able to be commoditized. There's no difference between you uh, and anyone else. So the first thing I do is, what do you, what are you trying? I ask someone, what are you trying to accomplish? And if they're trying to protect something that's not in alignment with what they're trying to accomplish, I won't do it. And I, the people are like, you won't do it? I'm like, no, because the last thing I want to do is create a business that five years from now, you come back to me and say, God, I hate my business. I want it. What do I do? Right? I, I don't want to do that. And I had some experiences in my past life that kind of taught me that lesson is that, yeah, I make money again, but it's just, it makes me sad. So I don't want to do that. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah. No, oh, 100%. You got a happy hustle and alignment. You know, that's a, a huge part of what I talk about and, and what I'm all about is, is really doing things in alignment with your true self and in your mission and your vision. And I think having that upfront vision clear and then having someone like Wade ask you the right questions and get to the bottom of where you really want to take your business is essential. Wade, what, what do you recommend when starting a business? I know there's a lot of... Um, I know there's a lot of conversation around LLC, S Corp, you know, do I do a sole proprietorship? What's your what's your take on the different structures of a business, of a new business? Well, a lot of it depends on sort of what you're selling, right? A lot of it depends on where you are in your business. And what I would tell people is uh, make sh take the time to go through the creative process. So I'll give you my example for myself. So my podcast has we just I just did the 435th episode today, right? Woo. So it took me, thank you. It took me like 400 episodes to really niche down, to know who I was talking to, to how I wanted to serve them the best. And so if I would have done all of the sort of the upfront stuff in the beginning, very specific, then I would have had a problem, right? So you want to get, when you're starting an LLC, if you're going to do an LLC or if you're going to do um, a corporation, uh, a lot of it depends on where you want to incorporate, but make sure that it's not so specific that you put yourself in a box because mm. the most unhappy entrepreneurs that I talk with are people who feel that they're boxed in because then they go from being a creator to a maintainer. And uh, entrepreneurs are not maintainers. We must always be creating. And so when I sit down with someone and I help them sort of basically brand their business, we make sure that we brand it in a way that, you know, if, if, if you see a shiny squirrel, you want to go chase over there, you can go shine, you know, you can go chase a shiny squirrel and we can do it in a way so that you can play around. That's the whole beauty of the power of the entrepreneur. So what I always tell people is it doesn't, the, the, the type of specific thing that you that you do, LLC, corporation, sole proprietorship, once you figure that out uh, for 
the product or whatever state that you're in, then what you want to do is just make sure you don't do it so narrow that you, where you really bind yourself. Cause then you got to go do another one, right? Like let's make it kind of broad enough so that we can play around for a while, scale our businesses, grow our businesses. And then if we make, you know, if we don't know everything in the beginning, which we're not going to, cause you never do in the creative process, you don't have to call me again and say, Hey, I w- wait, I need you to do another LLC. Cause this one isn't fitting the needs that I have. And so that's kind of, again, it's, most lawyers would really like that. Most lawyers are like, sure, I'll, I'll draw it really narrow because I know I'm going to be doing it again for you on something else, but that's not my, I'd rather create an umbrella brand for you that you get to play around until you figure out, figure out what you want to do. Yeah, no. And, and again, you know, unfortunately lawyers are paid on retainer or hourly. So it behooves them to have to do the work twice or three times, you know? Right. So, so someone like Wade comes in, he's like, no, I want to do it right the first time that should tell you a lot about his character. And, you know, that's really one of the reasons I I wanted to work with you. Um, What do you think, Wade, is like the number one mistake that you see entrepreneurs make when setting up and protecting their business legally? They don't do the research first. So, and they don't act fast enough. So for example, if someone will have a really good idea, they'll really like it. They'll kind of just see what else is out there really quick. And then they're like, got it. And then they'll, they'll do this. They'll build out this whole value letter. Uh, and then they'll, they'll wait to trademark it. And then you're not the only one in the world having ideas, right? So another person trades market, maybe in a different business or in a similar business. And then you've built all of this stuff of your, of your framework and you're comfortable with it. You got your message, but you didn't do the research up front and you didn't protect it right away. And so people put people put intellectual property stuff at the end. And again, to me, it's the strategy. And so when I work with my clients, that's where we start. And then we, you know, we figure out, you know, we want it, we want it to be as clean as possible. We don't, we don't want to have to sort of wiggle it around to make it fit. Right. So that's the biggest mistake I see people make. Yeah. And I completely made that mistake, as you know. <laughs> no, you're good, man. You're good. You're good. Well, See, I can fix it too. When people, when people don't do that, I can fix it too. So Yeah. But I mean, just to pull back the curtain for the happy hustlers. So I had the happy hustle since 2019 active working on it. And I even tried to file the trademark, or I at least got to the end screen early in the first two, three months of it. And I didn't actually press the button to follow the trademark at like, you know, money was a little tight when I was just starting it. And I was like, Oh, you know, a couple G's for this. Maybe I can wait until. And then uh, of course, someone else filed in a similar class, happy hustle or the happy hustle in two different competing classes, not directly come you know, competing, but now Wade and I are working through how to best protect it and trademark it in the proper classes, but just learn from my mistakes and heed Wade's advice. You know, he's, he's telling you act fast and make sure that it gets done, you know, early, uh, as opposed to late. So great advice there. So yeah, guys, it's really important to act fast when you are starting a new business to trademark and protect yourself. As Wade said, that's one of the number one mistakes he sees entrepreneurs make is not acting fast enough and doing the proper research. Wade, where should one go if they are thinking about starting a new business? Where does one go? Just kind of walk us through the basic search and you know recommendations that you have for early entrepreneurs in their businesses. Well, I mean, the first thing that someone can do really is just start with whatever search engine that you use in your space. I mean, you should know 
your, if you don't know who the heavy hitters are in your space, if you don't know sort of the, the movement in your space, um, you want to make sure that you're not doing anything derivative of something that's already done. You know, it's a good, a really good primer on it is if I don't know if you've ever seen coming to America, but the guy who's there's McDonald's and he opened up McDowell's, right? Like that's like the best description of what you should not do for trademarks. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it's just getting in there and seeing what's out there. And then, you know, you know, making sure that you're not derivative of anything that's already out there. Don't try to copy anybody else. Like, look, the one thing that I always tell people is, and it's such a cliche, but it's so true. You have to find your own voice because, you know, you know, like Oscar Wilde says is, you know, don't try to be anybody else because everybody else is taken, be yourself. Right. And Mm. if you're trying to come up with clever kills, that's what I think. I think, I think the best thing to do is figure out a message that you want to bring to the world and then make it your own. And you'll be surprised you'll be surprised how no one else out there has it. You know, the understory lawyer was a real easy trademark for me to get because there is no other understory lawyer. It's not close to anything. There's no one else out there. It's just me. And, uh, you know, so that's what I would recommend is, is those two things. One is just start to do a search in your industry and see, make sure there's nothing out there. And then two, find your own story, your own message. And almost always you'll be able to very easily find a trademark or, or a, something that you can, a brand that very, very easily. Yeah, great points there. And, you know, just being uniquely you will separate you from the pack. And of course, it's easier to protect it when it is, you know, your brand that's creative and not trying to knock off something else. And one other tool, you know, you mentioned doing a search, like just on your search engine, but also you could go to uspto.gov, right? Right. And then look up on the search on the trademark database. Can you just walk us through like what is important to look for? On that particular website? Well, you would just do a basic word search, uh, a mark search, you know, basically. Uh, and so you just go to the the trademark um, website and then there's a, the test system where you can just type in what you're thinking of doing. I mean, symbols are a lot more difficult in terms of logos and symbols. But for example, if you go there and you type in the understory lawyer, you'll see... Um, I have the trademark, right? So you just, that's like the second step. But the first step is you don't even have to get to that point is, is a lot of the times to start, just go through the industry, find something, and then you can kind of go to the second step. And then when you're ready to trademark, um, you know, there's, we do, I do a little bit more of an in-depth search to make sure, you know, so other things around there aren't an issue, but that's where you start or those two places. Absolutely. Yeah. Great point there. Wait, I hope it never gets this to this point in, in any of the happy hustlers business, but let's say there is a problem and mm-hmm. someone is infringing on your trademark or your IP, or they've taken your work in some way and are making money from it. What's the best steps to proceed? What, how do you deal with those type of issues with clients? Well, there's a range, right? So the first thing you do is you've got to make them aware that there's a copyright a lot of, or a trademark. A lot of times people don't even know that there's, they're infringing upon your mark, right? So uh, you can just send them an email and say, hey, be like, hey, listen, this is my trademark. This is my, this is my number. You're infringing upon it. Please stop, right? And sometimes they will and sometimes they won't. And then from there, you know, if you want to get the lawyers involved, we would send what's called a cease and desist letter, which basically lays out, listen, this is how you're violating it. This is, you've been violating it this long. Here are examples of it. Stop, right? And then, you know, and there's different levels of how aggressive you can be with that that letter. You can do a very nice letter all the way up to, uh, you know, these are all the damages. We want you to provide for us everything that you've ever done, you know, and then, you know, you can sue them in federal court and they're even, you know, there are even things you can do with regards to you can content their service provide their web service providers and have them taken off their their websites taken down and things like that. So those are more aggressive and time consuming. But you know, for the most part, 
people, if they're ripping you off on purpose, that's probably not, it's probably not going to make a difference just sending them a nice email. But if they're doing it on accident, almost always they'll, they'll be very apologetic and they'll stop doing whatever it is that they're doing. Um, and so, you know, it's just, it's a case by case basis, but I've seen, I've seen very high level people just strip the entire internet of what they were doing from one letter, you know, and it's, it's, uh, that's, but start, start nice. And in the words of Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse until it's time not to be nice. <laughs> Love it. Great quotes. Wait, I'll ask all my guests this, and I'm really curious for you. What was your first hustle? The first thing you did for money? You know, it's funny. So I, I'm like the anti-entrepreneur in some ways. I, I'm sort of was forced to be an entrepreneur. So I never had a, I never had a lemonade stand. I never, um, I didn't, you know, I had a paper up, but my dad forced me to do it. Right. So, cause my brother was doing it. And so for me, uh, the, what happened is that I, the first thing I ever really got paid on was my first job out of law school when I went to work for the government. And I very quickly discovered that, uh, being told what to do is not in my, my genes. Right. So for me, it's, it's, a, you know, I'm the exact opposite of Cartman. I will not respect your authority. Right. I just, it was, <laughs> it was the freedom aspect of, uh, it was the, the, sorry, that's my, I don't know if you can hear that in the background there. That's my hydroponic garden right there. I'm, I'm growing vegetables and in, in my, uh, my, my victory garden is in the uh, garage bunker. So I had to unplug that. Sorry. Uh, no, so, um, <laughs> It was on the anti-Cartman, which is like, I will not respect your authority. And so I just, I had no other option but to be an entrepreneur. I was forced into it. And I always thought I would just be a lawyer. I thought I'd work for a firm and just like the LA law thing. And I was like, that is not for me. And so I, I don't have the classic American, I had a lemonade stand. But uh, the great thing about the sort of the entrepreneur field is is there are it's, it's a very big field and that there's a, even for people who come into it late like me, it's, it's a, when we're forced to, it's, it's there for everybody. Yeah, for sure, man. And tell us a little bit about the understory lawyer and, and like kind of what that means and, and, and just like your, you know, your take on, on working with clients. And I know it's very unique. So just give us a little bit of backstory with the understory lawyer. Sure. So when I was, so when I was, I had my own firm for a really long time out of the 20 years that I've been working as a lawyer, I've only had a, a boss of like four years out of it for, so for almost 17 years, I've been totally on my own. And, and, you know, I got, I had these experiences where I would get commoditized by people where I'd have clients go to another lawyer for $50 difference in price. And, you know, you go on a website and you'll see all the lawyers, they'll all have the red, you know, the male lawyers, all have the red tie, the blue suit and the perf, you know, the hair combed over. And I just got sick and tired of that. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I said, I'm instead of trying to find my right place or find the right marketing thing, I'm just going to make my own place and I'm going to do it how I want to do it. And so I, I like to camp. I like to fish and, and I know you do too. And so mm -hmm. the understory is the part of the, of the forest that's below the canopy, you know, but above the ground, obviously. And so it's, it's when it's really dark, you can't see in the understory. And it represents the idea of creativity to me, where you go into the chaos, you go into the darkness. It's like Luke going into the cave on Dagobah. It's like the Knights of the Round Table going in, you know, when they're searching for the Holy Grail, going into the darkest parts of the forest. That's where they start their journey. And you, you go into the chaos and you pull order out of it. You bring the boons back to the rest of the tribe. It's the hero's journey, basically. And for me, it's, it's for my clients is, is that, you know, I, we go into that darkness together and we pull out something together. And uh, the podcast itself, I just talk about, 
you know, the, the, the avatar for my podcast is the husband entrepreneur who wants to build the classic American business. And so we talk about how, you know, modern business is under attack. We talk about how entrepreneurs are under attack. We talk about, and then there's just three buckets of, and I break them down into commerce connections and creations. And so that's, and so I have a very, I'm not your average lawyer for sure. And, uh, because I enjoy the creative part of, of figuring out what the brand's going to be and using it as a strategy. And that's sort of what the understory lawyer talks about. Yeah, I love that. Walk us through those three things again and what each of them mean. Sure. So uh, I always start with the connections because a, lo- a big mistake that my husband entrepreneurs make is they think their business is going to solve their their wife problem, right? They're like, my wife will be happy. <laughs> my, once, I, once I have this booming business, my, my wife will be happy. And it's the exact opposite. It's once you solve your wife problem, your business will grow. Right. And, uh, and your wife actually is the best asset you have in your business, because if you can't convince your wife of something, how in God's name do you think you're going to expect to convince the marketplace of whatever it is that you're trying to sell? And so I, you know, so I start, you know, and it took me a long time to learn that and thank God my wife stuck with me. And so that's the connections part. We talk about, you know, if you're a wife, you know, the husband entrepreneur, kids preferred, but optional. So you don't have to have kids, but they're a spiritual practice. And um, so I talk about that with regards to how kids can be one of your greatest teachers. And then, so for the commerce side, then we've talked a lot about it already with regards to, uh, you know, growing a business, you know, as a strategy, being your trademark as a strategy, your umbrella brand. And then I go into other business things I've learned over being a businessman for, you know, 20 years. And then on the creativity side, the creation side is it's not just the business that you create, but, you know, how, how do you become more creative? How do you reduce entanglements in your life? How do you, how do you operate in flow state a lot? Uh, and the, the whole goal of everything is if you think about what I like, those three things should, should be, have you be able to create what's called a creative clearing, right? Which is a place where you can stand in confidence and clarity and make decisions in your business. And if you have those three things in alignment, you can do that. And it makes you very powerful. So that's sort of the, that's sort of the framework. Hmm. Mic job. Damn. Connections, commerce, and creativity. I love it. That, that's that's just really powerful stuff. And and I totally resonate with, you know, the relationship component. You know, and, and for me, like I just did an episode recently with my fiance Steph, and we we're work, talking about how to overcome conflict and and three strategies to do so. And it's one of those things that like if you don't have your home life dialed in it's going to be very difficult to be successful in business and in life on a holistic level. And, and same thing with your health. You know, if you don't have your health dialed in, it's going to be very difficult to be successful in your relationship or in your business, you know, and it's like, there's these pillars that you just are non-negotiables. You have to address them when there's issues. What would you say? I, I know you mentioned it and uh, I want to go there if it's okay. What would you say is one of the the tactics, tools, or tips that you recommend to those husband entrepreneurs who maybe are dealing with relationship issues or wife entrepreneurs who are dealing with those husband issues? What was the strategy that you saw effective in your relationship that you could share? So there's two that I use that work every single time. So the, you know, everyone talks about, oh, morning routine, morning routine, and everybody has whatever they do for the morning routine. But for me, what I do is, is I have a negotiated chore with my wife where I empty the dishwasher every morning when I get up. So I get up at 5 a.m. I get up before anybody else. Um, and the first thing I do is I just empty the dishwasher and it may sound <laughs> simple, it. right? But it's that simple, it's a, it's a negotiated chore with my wife that I do as an act of service and it reminds me 
that, you know, my family and my wife is the thing. And then from there is when I move in, the, the next thing I do is my podcast every single day, right? Uh, so that's one thing is just start your day off with something that you and your wife have agreed to that you do, because even if you're mad at her from the night before, you'll be just pulling the dishes out of there and you'll be cursing or whatever. But by the time you get done, you'll remember the gratitude that you have for your family and for your wife. Okay. And then the second mm. thing I talk about in my book, which is, um, what I call divine interruptions. It's this, it's like, so if you're, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're always focused on trying to get something done and we're trying to work really hard on something. And then if you have kids or your fiance or your, your wife interrupt you, most people will look at that as an annoyance, right? But what I have trained myself to do, and I don't do it all the time, but what I have trained myself to do is like, okay, what is the use? What is the universe trying to tell me here? Is it an interruption? Is it, is this interruption? Is it, is it an, is it time for me to invest in my family? Is it something to consider about, am I going to get inspiration or is the universe trying to impede me? Right. And the three eyes. And so what happens then is, is that every time one of my kids interrupts me or my wife interrupts me instead, and now it doesn't work all the time because I'm not a robot, but I can stop <laughs> and I can be like, let me use this in my business. Let me, and then that way I can invest in my family at the same time. I'm not getting and taken away from what I'm trying to create. And then you'd be amazed about how your brain has to get creative to be like, how is this interruption relate to what it is that I'm doing? And you'll have all sorts of weird, crazy stuff that will come out. And I curse on my podcast. So I almost curse on your podcast. I, I'll keep it clean though. And, uh, but no, no you and that's can. Just, do your thing. You know, man. It's, it's all good. No, man. It's so, and so it seems like it's esoteric, but it's just, it's just like in poker. Like if you're going to have, you know, you look at the clock and the bottom half is you, you, you bluff and at the top half, you don't. And as long as they don't know what you're, what you're, what you're, where on the clock you are, doesn't really matter. It just forces you to take a break and it forces you to, to remember what's important. And so those are little tricks that I use. You don't have to use them, but they work for me. Yeah. I love those negotiated chores with your significant other and then divine interruptions, you know, where yeah. you actually use those interruptions to spark creativity. Great points there, man. Wait, where could people go to learn more about you? I mean, obviously the understory lawyer is a great place for the podcast, but give us some links. Um, you know, if someone even wants to work with you or engage your services. Sure. So I, I, I encourage everyone to go to the understory lawyer podcast, which is on all major platforms, because then they can, you know, I want to work with people who want to work with me and, and they can get the whole messaging. Right. And so, but what they can do is they can send me an e if they want to send me an email, they just send me an email at wade at understorylawyer.com and that'll just get a hold of me directly uh, and then uh, kind of go from there. Or if they want to get in my email list, it's uh, understory.news. Understory.news, wade at understorylawyer.com. Great, great um, links there, guys. And if you if you want your trademarks done right, if you want to protect your business and and really get someone you know, who has been there in the trenches, you know, practicing law for over 20 years. I mean, Wade's a great resource for you. So um, I appreciate that, Wade. Wade, I want to dive in to the happy hustle hacks. And I like to ask all my guests these questions in multiple disciplines. First being health, we alluded to it in, you know, the conversation, but do you have a happy hustle hack, quote unquote, um, for your health that you use, you know, something that helps keep you mentally or physically sharp? Yeah, absolutely. I ride my bike to work. So I, you know, I have an office that's uh, when I, when I, luckily when I was picking where my office was going to be, it ended up being, you know, a bike ride to and a bike ride from. And if it's close enough to be able to do that, you, you trust me on this, the amount of time that it, get, it takes you to get in the car and take your stuff and start the car and park the car, it's not that much of a difference. So being forced, I ride my bike to work no matter what. Okay. And that act, number one is I don't have to schedule as much exercise. I, I, I arrive to work the, you know, my workspace fresh. And then when I come home, um, I detox and stuff. By the time I get in to see my family, um, 
I'm, I'm in a good place. So, you know, whereas when I work out of my garage bunker, which I'm in right now, it's just like directly right to my family. So yeah. So I, if you can ride, you know, ride, ride your bike to work, run to work, just do that. It's an amazing mm-hmm. hack. Yeah, that really is. And you're in Virginia, right? Virginia that, beach. Yeah. Yeah. Virginia beach. Awesome. Wait, what is a happy hustle? hustle hack for money that you can share? Maybe something that you use to save or invest or spend wisely. Um, you know, something that could benefit the happy hustlers. So, I mean, one thing that really helps me is I try to stay cash as much as possible, right? So it's, we're so desensitized to the value of money. Uh, if you think about a casino, they give you chips because they don't want you to look at it as actual money. And then you're like, you know, before you know it, you're, you're drinking a Bailey's and coffee at three in the morning and you know, you're playing the craft tables with, with uh, $400 per, per roll of the dice. I've never done that. Um, yeah, right. But, right. No, a lot of detail for someone who's never done right. that. <laughs> Not anymore. I haven't been to Vegas in a long time, but these are, these are during the day, de- what I call the decade of darkness. And so, but yeah, gotcha. like if you go on a cash basis, as much as you can, you will spend less money. And so obviously, you know, if you're going to buy stuff on the internet, you can't really do that. But, um, you know, like I try to be on a cash basis, cash basis from my day-to-day stuff as much as I can. Hmm. That's a great point. Yeah. And I, I mean, I rarely, I have cash just as like a, a reminder of abundance, but I don't use it as much as I use my card for tracking purposes, but I can totally see the value of managing cash flow, you know, physically. So yeah, great point there. Wade, do you have a happy hustle hack for spirituality? Something, you know, that you use to tap into a higher power, you know, maybe a tip tool or tactic? So the one thing about spirituality for me is that I guess if if you have an original framework, like a tradition, even if you have moved away from it, it's always something for you to return to. So for me, you know, I was brought up, a, I was brought up Catholic, I was brought up a Christian, and I understand that, that everyone has their own journey. But what I have found is that, you know, the great, the great religions, right, you know, um, the ones that are the longest established, they're pretty deep if you go to them. Now, they're not perfect because nothing is, but uh, I think if you were brought up in a tradition, you always have a place to go back to. And so when I get a little lost spiritually or whatever, I can start to kind of go back to that tradition. And it's surprising how much there's always something there for me, even if I'm not necessarily perfect in it. So that's for, that's what I would do is just remember, if you have a tradition you were brought up in and you're struggling, think about a, re- uh, a return. Um, and I think it can be helpful, yeah. Yeah, man. I, I totally agree. And, and also just taking that time to reflect on your past and be present, be grateful, be still, you know, um, with prayer or with meditation. You know, I just think that time to reflect is really important. Wait, I want to dive into the rapid fire round now. And this is basically where I just ask you random questions and you answer honestly, first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. It's a Rorschach test. All right. Woo! All right. Favorite food? Go. Pasta, spaghetti, of course. Okay. Favorite movie? Favorite movie? Oh my God! There's Highlander, probably. Oh, nice. I ordered the sword off the off the ad. The TV nice. ad. <laughs> nice. All right. Favorite book? Oh my God! There's a there's a ton of them, but um, probably probably Siddhartha. Oh yeah, good one. What's your spirit animal, Wade? Uh, leopard. That was my fighting animal in martial arts. So that's an easy one. Oh, cool. Um, best business advice. Best. We're doing rapid fire. Best business advice is uh, yep. get get in a get an escape. If you're in a business that you don't like, get an escape brand. And if you are starting a business, get an umbrella brand. Mm, really, really great advice. Um, Wait. If you had one superpower, 
If you could have one superpower, what would that be? To fly. Uh, yeah, be able to fly around. That's I think that one's amazing. Yeah. Now, last piece of content. This is going out a billboard for the world to see. What's that billboard going to read? It's the way that I end all my podcasts, and it is the path of understanding never ends. Mm. Mm. Love it. Wait, three things you're most grateful for? Uh, my family. Uh, the actually, it's Virginia Beach. And, um, I would say the fact that, that I had the courage to, to make my own place rather than find it. Ooh, love it. Love it, Wade. Any final closing thoughts before I ask you the last question that you want to share with the happy hustlers out there? No, just like I said, is, is, a, is the biggest thing is just believe in yourself. I mean, the, the only way that you could not be commoditized is to discover and, be a messenger, right? Don't worry so much about the message, but worry about being a messenger. Mm, love that. Wait, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you, brother. Thank you for sharing your love, your light, your wisdom with the happy hustlers and with me. Um, I really appreciate you, man. And uh, this has been great. So thank on. you. I was so honored to be on here and um, it took too long and that was my fault. So thank you for uh, keeping following up with me. And I'm, I'm just uh, grateful to be able to talk to you and, and to talk to your people. Yeah. And guys, if you want to, you know, check out some of Wade's stuff, the understory lawyer podcast, you can pick up his book. You can email him directly. If you want to work with him, Wade at understorylawyer.com. And then you could also hop on his newsletter. Wade, this has been awesome. Final question. What does happy hustling mean to you? I think it just means being in alignment with uh, your life's mission and making sure that you're always in alignment with that mission. Boom. Mic drop. Love it. Wade Skalski, everyone. Thanks for watching and listening. We out. Peace and love. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Happy Hustle Podcast. I truly am so grateful that you took the time out of your busy day to spend time with me. Now, if you got any value from this episode or any episodes in the past, it would mean the world to me if you could please leave a five-star review and share this episode with your friends so we can continue to spread this message. Guys, as always, it's been a blast. Now go out there and happy hustle for your dream reality. Yee!